Hey, Pastor John Aiken here. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Faith Center podcast. We hope today's teaching will awaken and equip you to live out your God-given purpose. Enjoy. So, how is everybody? Awesome. You know, sometimes um, in my life, I've just, it's funny how I find myself in different situations. You know, you, I think often about where am I right now? My question to you is where are you right now? You know, the, the Bible was, when, when Jesus was walking with the disciples, a, a fullness was coming. <laughs> he was, things were happening. Jesus was, was giving answers, and he was doing stuff, but it was today in the Bible. Like right here, we're going to get into here in a minute, but it was today when he was talking to them. See, the Bible was unfolded day by day by day, and your life is getting unfolded day by day by day. And so today, we may not know what the Lord's ready to do. We may not understand the, the, the fullness of what today's bringing yet. We may, we may be in a season of, man, what's going on? Where am I at? You know, you may be, in a, you may be on a mountaintop today. You may, be, you may be like a bull. You know, you get your faith is strong and, and you're trusting God and you're just turning the world upside down right now. Amen? Today, where are you at today? You know, and the Lord will be right there to walk through you with all of it. And, and here's something that I like to encourage people with sometimes is, you know, read the Bible like this was there today. So when we go in here today and we start talking, I want you to think, this hasn't happened yet. The things that Jesus was doing when he was walking hadn't happened yet. Right? They didn't know how to respond in the moment. They didn't know... Um, they didn't know how to walk out, and we see them begin to walk by faith. Sometimes. They get rebuked, too. <laughs> I've been rebuked. <laughs> Y'all been rebuked? Walking for the Lord, anybody? I love the fact that the rows are kind of empty, because that means we got some mature believers in here, some people that's been believing for a while. How can you say that, Danny? Well, we have the ramp trip. Yeah, we sent a whole school bus and then a whole church bus of people out of here. Um, some, that's some of y'all's kids, and, but it, it makes up a, a big part of our, our congregation. And I think this message is appropriate for us that, you know, have been believing for a while and also for some people that has never believed. So the question is, where are you today? What's happening today? Is God having victory in your life today? Has he given you some previous instructions um, is there some promises that you've been standing on and maybe your joy's been a little stolen? Maybe, maybe you're in a place of unbelief right now. I don't know where you're at. Where are you at today? I've been in all those places. Matter of fact, um, through a season of, uh, in my life that I've been coming out of where things have been over, overwhelming in, in life. And everywhere I turned, something was taking a piece of me. Something needed me a little more. And 
and it got to the place where inside I was just like, oh, man, you know, am I ever going to come out of this? Am I ever going to climb out? And, you know, as a Christian, um, our best days are always ahead. Can somebody say amen? But I want to take you on a today journey with the, with the disciples when they was walking with Jesus. That's what we're going to do today. And, uh, and I'm going to call this message, You Will. <laughs> Can somebody out there say, I will? So Jesus, speaking to his disciples, um, one day he says, All authority has been given to me. And I'm, I'm giving you authority today. These are disciples. They weren't born again yet. It was, it was today for them. It was, it was a today for them. They didn't know this has never been done before. And Jesus said, and I'm going to send you out. And I'm going to send you out to lay hands on the sick to heal them. I'm going to send you out to cast out demons. I'm going to send you out. And uh, I think in the gospel of... Uh, one of the 12 disciples, or the apostles for sure, it's in that gospel. He says, <laughs> he gave them two instructions when he did this. I think it's Luke. Um, he said, don't go to the Samaritans with this authority I'm giving you, and don't go in the way of the Gentile. So there's some instructions that he's given with this authority. It was a limitation. And uh, so he sends them out. And, and, and they go out, and a little bit of time passes, yeah, just like that. He sent them out. They went out like babies. They went out trusted the Lord. See, we get a message there. But so, so they go out, and a little bit of time passes. And I like how Jesus says, I'm sending you out with this authority to do all this in the place that I'm coming to. Because that's what he told them. He said, I'm sending you to where I'm going. I'm sending you to where I'm going, and I want you to go ahead of me and do this. Imagine what that felt like. This hasn't happened before. There's, there's not a time in time that this had happened before. This is 12, and then he also sent out 70. So there's more than just the 12 apostles with him, right? Uh, they were disciples at the time. And so he sends them out. They're going out to where Jesus is planning on going, and, and they're to be using this authority that he gave them uh, to lay hands on the sick to heal them, to cast out devils. Um, and so they're exercising this authority. And he also said, he, he tells them, he gives them requirements. He's like, don't take money with you. Don't take an extra pair of shoes. Don't take extra clothes. So he's basically sending them out with authority only, with his word. You know, they weren't supposed to bring anything with them. They're not supposed to be their own supply along the way. They're going out in complete trust on what Jesus said. And he said, I'm sending you with authority. So they go out, and they start having this success. He also said when he was sending them out, he says, Lo, I'm sending you out like sheep among the wolves. I would be encouraged if that was today. <laughs> I'm sending you out to get your tail kicked. I can find encouragement in that, can't y'all? So he's sending them out. He says, I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves. But he tells them something. And I wish I would have wrote it down so I could tell you exactly what it says. <laughs> but he says, I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves. 
and I, and I want you to be wise as serpents, but as harmless as doves. That's what it says. I'm sending you out to be wise like a serpent, but harmless as a dove. And I was, that's just been coming to me as part of this message that we're going into today. And I was talking with Christy this morning. I'm like, man, this serpent thing just keeps coming. And we was doing a little digging on it. You know, because when you think serpent, you think the Garden of Eden. It's like, why would Jesus send you out wise like a serpent? But harmless as a dove. He finishes it like that. So in this instance, um, he's, he's telling them how to be wise. Because, see, there's two things that the, uh, going out that uh, the servant can, can represent in the Bible. And in, in Genesis, it says that Satan was the most cunning, the most, like, there's no one that was slicker than him at deceiving people. So that's in a negative sense and in a positive sense, you can go out with the wisdom of God. But the, the problem with the negative sense, I think Jesus was saying, you're going to have wisdom coming on you. But he's saying to be harmless as a dove when you use it. See, he's he's addressing it in a positive sense. So he's sending them out like this, and uh, and we're gonna we're gonna dive into this story, and you're gonna see how this plays out because he gave some clear instructions. I'm sending you out a sheep among wolves today. I want you to be wise as a serpent, harmless as a dove. And so he sends them out, and uh, they have this. They're having these victories, right? And uh, they, they meet back up, and they're like, Lord, this is amazing. We went out and did exactly what you said. We did exactly what you said, and evil spirits were subject to us in your name. They, you know, we casted out demons. We laid hands, and people were healed. All this stuff happened in your name, and it's amazing. And Jesus says, don't be happy that all this is subject to you. Um, be happy that your name's written in the Lamb's book of life. And so the disciples carry on, and this is where we're going to dive in. Let's go to, uh, we are going to go to Matthew. Matthew chapter 17, verse 14. This is where we're going to dive in this morning. So where are y'all at today? Y'all ready to take authority today? I want to tell you that um, the, the, the serpent, we're, we're going to, un, un, wisdom like a serpent, we're going to see what happens in, uh, right here in this story. So in Matthew 17, because we can take the wisdom of God and we can turn it. We can take God giving us something in a moment and we can change it. We can change it to where it's no longer benefiting us. And we're going to see the disciples actually uh, this trap that they fell in. That's what I said. I said Matthew 17 and 14. So we're jumping back in the story. The disciples had had victory, and Jesus warns them. 
when you look back, you can see that it was a warning. He said, don't be happy that the spirits are subject to you. Be happy that your name's written in the book of life. Because, see, there's two different things. When things become subject to you, who gets the glory? In our flesh, we have a way of, of uh, pride getting in. Sometimes we don't see it when it's sneaking in. It's sneaky. It's cunning. And all of a sudden, it pride sneaks in and it robs us. It robs God of his word. Let's just read it here. So we're going to start in verse 14. We're going to uh, read just a little bit here. Um, a man... And when they had uh, come to the multitude, Jesus is coming down off the mountain and he's walking in on this conversation. Verse 15, uh, the man said, or and went 14, I'm sorry. And when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him and said, um, Lord, have mercy on me, my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they but they could not cure him. Uh, the, same, uh, the same story in the book of Mark, he tells it just a little bit different. I'm going to read this to you. Um, and when Jesus uh, came to the disciples, he saw a great multitude around them and scribes disputing with them. So when you read all the Gospels, you, you kind of get a, a bigger, fuller picture of what's going on because if me and you and two other people tell a story where eyewitness accounts to something, I may say he had a pink shirt, you may say he had a black hat, someone else may have noticed his shoes more, so we're going to get a fuller picture. So Jesus is coming off this mountain, and in the book of Mark, uh, I'm in 9.14, um, we see that there was a commotion going on when Jesus came out of the mountain. There was a multitude gathered around his disciples, and he's like, and they were disputing. Like they were having something went wrong with his disciples, and they're sitting there disputing. And a great multitude, it says, was around, and scribes disputing with them. Immediately when they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed and running to him and greeted him. And he asked the scribes, what are you discussing? Like, what's all this commotion about? What's everybody talking about? Then one in the crowd answered and said, teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. Y'all say they could not. Jesus just gave them authority. They've been having success day by day. This was happening. But today, this day, this day they hit a roadblock. This day something had changed. And for some reason, it rendered the authority that God gave them useless <laughs> on this day. The Bible already tells us they've been casting out demons, healing the sick. But all of a sudden, this commotion stirred up. And this man comes and he says, I mean, this man's a, a, a man in humility, but it, but it started this thing, uh, this commotion and this argument. And Jesus is walking in on it. And Jesus answered in verse 19, he says, Oh, faith, once he sees what's happening, he said, the first thing he does is address their faith. And he says, Oh, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring me to him. And I would paraphrase that to be like, Don't you all remember? I gave you authority. 
I don't know what you just did for this guy, but it wasn't authority. And uh, so he's like, bring him to me. And so Jesus goes in this, he starts talking to the father. He says, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood, how often uh, was he thrown into the fire? He goes through the symptoms with him. And so Jesus says to him in verse 23, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Notice how Jesus is always bringing stuff back to faith, back to believing. Um, and it's, you know, sometimes we get confused about what faith is. Like, what is faith? What is believing? And we're, I, I hope to answer that here shortly. So Jesus uh, tells this father, you know, he already told his disciples they have authority. So he tells the father, he says, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Um, So Jesus rebukes this, and the father says to him, okay, the father, all right, let's go to the father. It was his day too. This father had been dealing with this son and this problem his whole entire life. So let's put our, let's put our mind and thoughts where this father is. He had been dealing, he, he just told Jesus that this evil spirit, this epileptic seizures that his son dealt with had thrown him into the fire had thrown him into the water and tried to kill him. The father's perspective was this thing has tried to kill my son over and over and over his entire life. So here's this father. He had to hear about the success of the disciples. Would you all agree with that? He had to hear and his hope had to be stirred. Something had to come up in him because I promise you if you've been dealing with this your whole life, you're feeling helpless. Who would say that you wouldn't feel helpless in this situation and so his faith was stirred there was something the the word out in the community that day or maybe for months or whenever it was happening this father's hope was stirred up to go see these disciples and so he came and he was let down but he had a measure of faith could you all see that right here he says uh when Jesus said that, the father cried out with tears, Lord, I do believe, but help my unbelief. Help my unbelief. You know, if we could just stay right there in our life today, if today, if we didn't make up a doctrine about the Lord not doing something for us, it would help us. If, if we wouldn't make up, well, that's not what we're doing in the world today. You know, we're, we do this. It's what everybody does. It's acceptable today. If we would stop making excuses and be humble, we could, we could learn a lesson from this guy. He said, help my unbelief. What about when you're believing on a promise, when, when you're believing for your kids, when you're believing for a, a, a sick one and it doesn't seem like things are happening yet, Let's don't build a new doctrine. Let's don't make Jesus less than what he said his word was. He gave his disciples authority. Let's don't, let's don't build a new doctrine and say that died. Can y'all see the humility in this old man? He said, help my unbelief. Help me come up to what you said, Lord. I have a mustard seed of faith. But something has got me in the hole here. Your disciples couldn't do it. I know 
what you've said. I know that you've healed all these people. Help my unbelief. That's what he's saying right there. Let's don't try to build some false bridge or some false thing. If you're at a place today and you're not seeing God's word being effective in your life, let's be honest. Lord, help my unbelief. Lord, help me. He loves it when we cry out to him. He loves to show us the way. And we can learn a lesson from this guy because if we go down, you're going to see where the disciples were in their head. You're going to see where they're at. So we, we go down. So Jesus, Jesus does exactly what he said. I've been given authority over everything in heaven and earth. And this impossible situation for this father, Jesus comes and says, deaf and dumb spirit, come out. They couldn't do it, but the authority was there for them to do it. Can someone say amen? amen? He demonstrated that his word was still effective. Amen. That what he said, the authority that he gave him was there. He had to take it and demonstrate it again. And what did the disciples do? They leave there. Let's go to verse 30. Sometimes... All the time, not sometimes, all the time, you should know what's happening going into a story, right? How many of y'all knows what's happening in your life right now? Does everybody know what's going on in their life right now? You don't need me to tell you, right? But you may not know what's about to happen, right? That's what we need him for. That's what we need the word of God for because sometimes something is fire and wrong in our life, and we're blind to it. And we're blind to it. And this, this man with the boys, like, help my unbelief. That's where we need to be. That's the example that we have here to get past the things we don't understand, to get past the roadblocks that are stopping us. Amen? Um, so verse 30, it says, Then they departed from there, and all this had just happened. This boy was healed. The demon came out. He was restored, everything Jesus said. So they departed from there and passed through Galilee, and he did not want anyone to know it, for he taught his disciples and said to them, the Son of Man is being betrayed. Um, he's talking about his, or his death and resurrection here. Let's go to verse 33. Then he came to uh, Capernaum, and when he was in the house, he asked them, what was it that you disputed among yourselves on the road? So if we go to the other Gospels, we'll read that as they was traveling, that uh, there was a, another dispute going on. Like you would think Jesus would have settled the problem with the boy. You'd think that was solved, deal done. You know, Jesus is good for his word. <laughs> you, you think that would have been enough right there. But what are, what are the disciples doing? They're dumbfounded. They still don't know what's wrong with them. They don't have a clue what's happening yet. And, 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 he, and Jesus walking with them, you know, they kind of got quiet because they were disputing when he wasn't real close. But they're having this conversation. And, uh, and Jesus said, what was it that you dis disputed among yourselves on the road? And... Uh, but they kept silent, for on the road they had disputed among themselves who would be the greatest. And he sat down and called the twelve and said to them, 
So he's going to settle it for the second time here. He's going to settle it for the second time. He sets him down and he says this. Because sometimes you got to, sometimes you got to add what, you got to get the equals mark. Jesus is equal in here. And to figure out when you're doing math, there's equations you got to do. And, you, you know, you got to do this and this to figure out what this is. So right here, Jesus just comes out with the answer. And he's, and, uh, and he sat down, verse 35, and called the 12 and said to them, If anyone desires first to be first, he shall be last of all and servant of all. Then he took a little child and set him in the midst of him when he had taken him in his arms. And he said to them, Whoever receives one of these little children in my name receives me, and whoever receives me receives not me but him who sent me. Um. So Jesus is like, I know what's happened. He, he knew what happened. You know, they had authority. Something, something happened in there because his word didn't change. He already demonstrated that even that. And he, and he told them in, in the book of Matthew, he said, they said, Lord, what do we do wrong? And he, he, he said, you doubted. If you go to Matthew, it'll say, you doubted. He said, this kind, not talking about the demon, talking about the doubt. He said, this kind only comes out by prayer and fasting. And what he was talking about when he is telling them is, is right here. It was pride. Pride had crept in. They had all this success. Life was going good. And, you know, even the demons were subject to them. Well, it turned from being subject to Christ and his authority to, well, maybe I seen uh, maybe I seen my brother here on the front row cast one out, but it was just a little demon. He cast out he cast out a cold. <laughs> he laid hands on someone with a cold, but I laid hands on someone with cancer. So they start having this conversation. Right? The Bible warns us against comparison, doesn't it? It breeds pride. It just comes right in, and it's like a serpent. It's the other serpent, though. Jesus told them to be wise and harmless. See, when you start comparing yourself to people and who's the greatest, who had the greatest miracle, they never did nothing. It was faith in what Jesus told them that was performing the work. It was his authority that was doing it. And, and, he, and he gave them warning. He said, look, guys, you got it all wrong. It's not about what happened when he did it, or what? Because faith pleases God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So if, if you're praying over someone with a cold to be healed, that's the same amount it takes to pray over someone that's on their deathbed with cancer. It pleases God. Amen? And he's telling them right here, look, 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 you got it wrong. You got it wrong. If you want to be the greatest, you'll serve the most. If you want to be the greatest, you'll, you'll go to your brother who's, who's weak. You'll be the one that's serving. You won't be the one that's getting served. See, he's trying to take pride out of them, and they don't get it. They still don't get it. When he comes out and he says it right there, he's like, look, it's your pride. Your pride got in, and it's, and it's robbing you of my joy. Instead of having joy that this boy was healed, that I'm doing these things, now all of a sudden you're just worried about what you did. You're only concerned about if you're the greatest or not. And pride had snuck in. That serpent had come in 
that he meant to be positive because, you know what, when you lay hands and you're walking in faith and God's giving you his wisdom, um, man, he makes you look good. He does. But don't let that pride come in. And Jesus is just telling him, no, you got to be the servant. The one who's the greatest is the servant of all. It's humility. It's just like the man said when he needed his son healed. He said, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. When you start going into prideful thinking, your joy will get robbed. Amen. Then it becomes your responsibility to do something. I can't heal nobody, y'all. Even Paul said it in the books of Acts. They started thinking he was a God, and Paul said, oh, no, 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 no. No, we're, you don't understand. It's, it's God in me that's doing the work. See, all this stuff is de- designed to bring people to salvation. Everything that Jesus gives us is designed to bring the kingdom to earth, to bring more people to him. Amen. And they don't get it. Let's read just a little further. Verse 38, now John answered him saying, Teacher, we saw someone, now this is going to really, let's just read it. How many of y'all believe that the words in red, the words that Jesus said are trustworthy? How many, who in here has confidence could stand up right now and say, uh, well, Jesus didn't really mean that. Anybody? And yet we find it every day. Every day. It, it, I don't have to look far. I don't have to look far. You get attacked from every angle, every situation to get attacked on words that Jesus said. His words are trustworthy, aren't they? Look right here. They still didn't get it. Verse 38. Uh, Now John answered him, saying, Teacher, we saw someone who does not follow us casting out demons in your name. Can you hear the pride in that? They're not following us, Lord, but they're casting demons out in your name. And we forbade him because he doesn't follow us. They still don't get it, y'all. He's tried to correct them. They had the, the man showing them. And this pride was so deep in their heart, they're like, oh, but Lord, we saw someone else doing this in your name, and they were successful. But they can't be successful if they're not following me. What's he say to them? What did he say there? Do not forbid him. For no one who works a miracle in my name can soon afterwards speak evil of me. There's a few things that the Bible says not to forbid. And if if your religion is built up so high that you, and you're so proud of your doctrinal beliefs, and you've so obloviated and puffed up that you see a church casting a demon out of someone, you see someone laying hands on the sick and healing them, and you say, that's been done away with. That is a tradition of man, and it stinks to God. Jesus said, do not forbid them. Don't do it. Do you think they got it yet? 
This pride is so stinky that if someone wasn't looking at them, see, Jesus said, I'm giving you power and authority. And as they're walking their life out, this pride had crept in and it robbed them of every, it robbed them of the word that Jesus gave them. Amen. Can you see it? The Bible just doesn't, like Jesus just doesn't come out and say, it's your pride. Let it go. I told you if you serve other people, it's going to work. But, but authority in my name will never go away. It's another place in Corinthians speaking about tongues. Another place. Paul says, don't forbid it. And yet we have whole religions and denominations built around, well, you're wrong. You're wrong if you see miracles. I heard a, a famous preacher the other day said, you have bad doctrine. If I'm not educated, y'all. This guy's got so many degrees, he'd blow a thermometer up. And he said, you got bad doctrine if you believe that miracles are going to happen. I can't imagine what that'll be like to stand in front of God and give an answer for that. I'm not saying that this guy, I'm not going to say his name, I don't believe in beating people up. But I'm, I'm telling you, Jesus, if Jesus says don't forbid something, then maybe we got a place we need to come up to. We don't need to build a faulty bridge out in front of us and dismiss everything so we can continue in our sin, so we can continue in our doubt. And then, and then what do we do? We end up getting supercharged on our unbelief. And we get so convicted on our unbelief that they're going to come and say, Brother, you're of the devil. You can't cast devils out. Brother, you're of the devil. You can't just expect God to work because you laid your hands on them. I mean, there are serious attacks out there on Christians that are just trying to do what the Word says. And I think we could all agree that when Jesus says something, it is reliable. It is trustworthy. Amen. So let's talk about believing for a second because this is where the train got off the track, so to speak. Because if I say have faith, in someone's mind they might think, um, do not lie, don't steal. You know, we can go through the Ten Commandments. If I say have faith, some of it, that may be going through someone's head. But you know, in, in Galatians, um, when Paul's rebuking the Galatians, if you go down a little bit, this is verse 12 or 13, he says, faith is not of the law. And so that may be going through your head. Maybe that's faith. But Jesus defines faith. Jesus defines faith, um, and the Bible defines faith. In, 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 Romans, in Romans 10, verse 8, we all, this is a familiar scripture. You can't even get saved without faith. Um, so let's go to Mark. We're going to go to the Great Commission because they had a few bumps and bruises along the way, but don't we all? Don't we all? Um, so, so in the Great Commission... Uh, this is Mark chapter 16. This is when Jesus was raised from the dead. And this is where we're going to bring it home today. And we're, gonna, we're just going to define this. Um, so Jesus was seen by Mary uh, and several other people um, 
I don't have time to read it all, so I just kind of want to bring you right to it. Um, his, the 12 apostles didn't believe that he was raised from the dead. That's what you'd read right here. If you read in, in Mark, he showed himself to Mary first, and then the two guys on the road, he bounced around a little bit and did this and that. And uh, that's at the beginning of Mark 16, and we go on through the story. Let's see where we want to pick up here. All right, let's go to verse 14. I guess it's all right there. So we're not going to see a better definition of believing, having faith, than right here. In, in Romans 10, 8, 9, and 10, it says, that if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be. This is the definition of faith. It's believing in your heart, confessing in your mouth, in what? Not us. In Jesus. Because the, the power that we walk in is resurrection power. They had failed some up to this point. They had got prideful up to this point, and then all of a sudden Jesus is dead. He's dead, and he's, and he's rose from the dead, and he's coming back to talk to him. And this is where we pick up because he sent two or three people right here to go and, to go and tell them Jesus is alive, and they all doubted, every one of them. And it's, and it's crazy in life. When pride gets in and doubt gets in, it just more comes. More comes. You open the door for that. Amen. Um, so Jesus is right here, and he said, in verse 14, he says, Later he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table, and he rebuked their what? And hardness of heart, because they did not believe those who had seen him after he was risen. Lord, help us. This is where the power came. And Jesus, standing there boldly, he said to them, the first instruction when he gave them authority was, only go to the Jews, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, don't go to Samaria and don't go in the way of the Gentile. If they couldn't talk to their fellow believers who had a basic understanding of God, they would never be able to take it to the world. But without the resurrection in place, that, that was impossible. And Jesus had breathed on them before this. They were, they were now born again after he rebuked them. And in the Gospel of John, it says he breathed on them, received the Holy Spirit. Now he's talking to born-again people. Now he's talking to people with their eyes open spiritually. Amen. And he says to them, go into all the world. Now the limitations were lifted. All the world. See, you can go into all the world with resurrection power inside of you. Amen. And he says, and preach the gospel. The first instruction when he gave him authority was to tell people that the kingdom is near. Well, now it's here. Uh, it's, and it's in its full. And he says, uh, preach the gospel to every, every creature. He who believes and, in bab and is baptized. So this is the fruit. This is what's going to happen when you preach the gospel. Maybe you're not standing on a pulpit. Maybe you're just living your life. We talked about this in life group the other night. God will open doors for people to come to you. Oftentimes we get pressured to think that I have to go, you know, quote the book of Luke to everyone at work. 
I'm telling you, if you live your life with the measure of faith that God gave you, they will see the fruit in your life, and he'll open the door, and they'll come to you. Amen. Amen. We don't need to make it more complicated than it is. Um, He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow. They will, right? They will follow who? Those who believe, not the apostles. These signs are not going to die when the last apostle dies. Jesus said, don't forbid them, did he not? He doesn't change. He didn't change his word. And he's right here telling them again. He's, he's settling the score. And these signs, well, this is how you guys are going to know. Um, those who believe in my name, they will. Y'all say they will. They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. And they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So let's define faith just a little bit because Jesus is saying if you believe, if they believe the gospel, if they believe that I went to the grave, I took their punishment, on the, I, I paid the price in full. If you believe this and that I was raised on the third day, that's the gospel. Amen. In your place. He stood in my place and took my punishment. And what he's saying here, when you preach that message, when you tell the world about it and they believe these things are going to happen, This resurrection power is going to come on them, and and you don't forbid it. Right? The the government of heaven has no end to it. It's going to keep going. This should bring us joy to see God is faithful to do it for them, what he did for us. When he sent them out with power, he said, freely give what I just freely gave you. And then what did they say to the people? Well, they're not following us, so we told them don't do that. Now, Jesus, the first one of the other instructions he gave him was freely give what I'm giving you right now. So let's talk about it. Let's define this here. Will. So I went and looked, believe, right? He said, if you believe. I looked this up in three different definitions. Uh, one of them's in Latin. One of them's in Greek. And one of them's in Hebrew. So let's see what it means. So the word believe in Latin, the root word in Latin is cred. It's where we get uh, credit, credentials. He's saying, all right, so that's Latin. And we get uh, credit, credentials, credo. Um, How many of y'all go get credit that don't need it? How many of y'all go buy a house without money and you don't get credit? We trust the bank for that, don't we? Like, if we don't have the money, we're going to go to the bank and get a loan, and we're going to get some credit. All right, let's go on to Greek. Um, The the Greek origin of uh, the word believe is faith, and it's pistis. Faith means belief. It's a firm, in Greek, it's, it, it defines it a little further. It says it's firm persuasion. Assurance of firm conviction and faithfulness in Greek. The word pistis, pisteo, pistachio. It means to be convicted, to be fully convicted. Um, now let's go to Hebrew. 
the Hebrew word imuna. Y'all say imuna. Jesus was a Jew, right? So it'd be okay to interpret this in, in Hebrew too, wouldn't it? So imuna is understood in English to mean faith or belief. It can translate both ways. But it's often translated as faithfulness. And yet it describes much more than just believing a statement about God. So just because I believe something that Jesus said doesn't mean I'm in faith. There's people all around that show up at church their whole life, was made to go to church, that could quote the Bible. Amen. They heard the word their whole life and never developed obedience and never followed a word it said. And Jesus says, when you come to me and you say, Lord, I did this in your name and that in your name, I'm going to say I didn't know you. And this word imuna helps us define what the difference there is. This word imuna means it reveals a life full of reliance upon him. Full. Full reliance. If I jumped off a cliff right now, what am I going to trust? Honestly, where my faith is that gravity is going to pull me down to my end. But life situations take us there and we'll compromise in our life. We'll compromise a promise. We'll compromise this. We don't have full reliance that God will give us grace to get through this situation. He'll give me grace to walk through the fire here. That's what the three Hebrew boys said, even if God doesn't deliver us. That's full reliance. Full reliance on him. Imuna. But he also said will. If you believe, you will. Let's look at the word will for a second. And I love I didn't write this out, so y'all got to pay attention. You can't get lost on the screen. So will, that word will. And in some uh, translations it says shall. Um, I think they would cross, I, I think they both do what they need to do. So will in the dictionary, these are dictionary meanings of will. And one of the ways will can be used is expressing future tense. Expressing a strong intention or assertion about the future. So an example is, I will succeed. I will succeed. Uh, second way that it can be expressed is inevitable events. That will happen. Like, this is going to happen. It will happen. Y'all see that? That's not hard to see. Um, another way that it can be expressed is facts about ability or capacity. I will be able to do that. Um, another way that it can be expressed is habitual behavior. I've known Danny for a while. He will do this. Danny will come in here and talk to you about faith. <laughs> it's a habitual behavior. I can't help it. Um, another way, expressing probability or expectation about something in the present. Well, you guys, this will happen. This will happen right now. And so I was, I was just going over these, these definitions, and I was, I was thinking, man, Lord, that's really good. And so let me read you the Great Commission by definition instead of by the two words. Y'all handle that? Can we handle it? All right. 
This is the Danny Kid Dictionary Latin Greek Expanded. Wing it and fling it definition of the Great Commission. All right. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And he, you got that up there? Put the Great Commission back up there. So I'm going to read the... I'm going to read the definitions into this. Um, starting in uh, Mark 16, 16. And he, so when you preach the gospel, he who gives me credit, he who finds credentials in what I'm telling him, he who gets firmly persuaded and has assurance of firm conviction to the point of faithfulness who is ready to turn and live their life with full assurance on me will your future will be saved your they will be saved. We're going to go on down to verse 17. This is where we need to really bring it home. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, whether it happens in the future, when these inevitable events come upon you, when you find yourself in this place, your desire will be changed. You, you will. You're, you're going to have a new habitual behavior. You will. You, the probability or expectation of what I'm telling you is, very, is, is 100% about something happening right now in the present. You will. And you will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. It'll be a habitual behavior. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. And they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Amen. Amen. Is this helping anybody today? We don't, we don't have to pave a false road when things don't seem to be working out. We imuna, we, 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 all right, Lord, this may not be working right now in my life, but your great commission, it applies to all of us. You told your disciples, don't forbid this, don't forbid people that's not following you to do this because they're trusting in me. That, that seed of faith they got that may, you may have, you know, it may have been uprooted. Maybe you got attacked and didn't see it coming, but, but they're trusting me. And he says, no one that does miracles in my name can speak evil of me. Jesus refers to that as when this happens and it gets attacked, he says, you're speaking evil of me. This is the evidence of me in your life. And it will get spoken evil of. Amen. You will have to fight that off at some point in your life, but when you're fully relying on him, this is his will for you. Can you see it? So, worship team, come on up. We're going to start to close this thing out. Um, 
And I want to tell you all that pride will destroy your faith. When you, when, you, when you feel these attacks coming from every direction, maybe you have seen the fullness of deception come and you've, you've been, maybe you've been the attacker of people that walk in these gifts that Jesus said, freely you've been given, freely give them. Maybe a spirit of religion has entered has entered maybe you've never seen that jesus said don't stop this from happening maybe maybe you're convicted right now brother and sister but pride destroys faith without god we can do nothing isn't that what he told the man but with god all things are possible who's the greatest conversation will sink you quick because when you're attacking this gospel that's what you're saying well my thoughts are greater than jesus's we're not supposed to speak tongues today we're not supposed to cast out demons we're not supposed none of this is supposed to happen and and all that all that's wrapped up in that all that's wrapped up in it is pride that you know better than jesus jesus says you can't speak the people that do these works in my name cannot speak evil of me so why is it so easy for it to be bashed today? Would it, I'm not trying to stay there. But who's the greatest will sink you quick. We don't, we don't see it disguised. It's a serpent talking. We, we see it disguised, you know, these people that, the, the, I love them. They're my brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm not trying to slam anybody, but I'm telling you it's a limiting factor. And we don't ever want to go against what Jesus said. Amen? And when this happened, it robs God of credit. Credit is what we need when we don't have enough in any area. Our faith. He needs, he needs our faith to work simply with his word. He needs it right there. And Jesus, finally, he said, you know, when he was talking about don't rebuke them, he said this. And this is where I'm going to close. He said, don't forbid them, because he that's for us is not against us. And that's the question, you know, that we can answer today. Have we found ourselves wrapped up in some tradition? Have we found ourselves at a point where we're at, our, we're at our wits end because we're full of ourselves, Or maybe you're at your wits end because you are trusting God. And I just want to encourage you that your breakthrough is there. We know that Romans 8, 28 says, For God works all things out to the good for those that love him. This promise isn't to those that don't love him. The promise is to them that love him. And when you have God's love come on you and you know what that is, it will carry you through the valley. It'll, it'll carry you through. He's faithful. You can lean on him to bring you through. You can lean on him to perform what his word says. It's his responsibility. Amen. And he's faithful to do it. And I just want to uh, invite the prayer team to come up.
We just want to open the altars right now, guys. I believe the Lord has uh, given this message on purpose. You know, if you if you need prayer today, if you need to put something down in your mind, Jesus said that I'm sending you out wise as a serpent, but harmless as a dove. Man, if you've turned that into pride and you need to set it down, come up here and set it down. Put your heart in a position of anything is possible again. That load that he can't do something is not yours to carry. Give it to him this morning. Amen. We can do it. You can give it to him. So I just want to invite you to come up and uh, I want to pray first. Lord, I just want to thank you for this message this morning. Jesus name Lord anyone that's been under attack Lord anyone that's found themselves in, in despair and hopelessness God if this is the root cause of it God if pride has crept in Lord if religion has crept in and built a wall around them I just right now in Jesus name I just rebuke that in their life God you can do all things Lord but without you us we can do nothing, Lord. You're the source of everything. You're the provider. You're the healer. Lord, you're the baptizer in the spirit. Lord, everything is under your service and authority, God. And right now, I just want to thank you for setting captives free, God. I pray that today would be a new day, God, that today new life would come that new conviction would come on people. God, God, that your word does what it says. Jesus, you wasn't kidding when you said it. And that you love us enough to love us through it. And I just thank you for doing it in Jesus' mighty name. Thanks again for listening to the Faith Center podcast. To connect with us, go to faithcenter.tv and fill out our connection card. We pray blessings over you and your family. We'll see you next time.